Welcome to the Calvary Chapel South Bay Sermon Podcast. We are a large, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Los Angeles, California, and we'd love to have you visit us for a service if you're in the L.A. area. Visit ccsouthbay.org to learn more about us and to find out service times. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at hello at ccsouthbay.org. Enjoy today's sermon, and we hope to see you at church soon. Uh, my name's Jason. I'm the um, pastor at Coast Hills Church in Aliso Viejo. So, thank you. Some of you are like, I don't know what that is. So, I'm at the church where Pastor Chet was before he was here. And um, funny story is that I was attending that church um, for about five years, and, and Chet was the pastor there. And um, I was a principal at Calvary Chapel High School in uh, Costa Mesa. And so, his kids were um, at the school where I was the principal, and I got to know him a little bit, and um, one day I asked him if he would do a chapel for our high schoolers, and he said, sure, and then he called me one day and said, hey, will you teach for me on Sunday? And I was said, sure. It was a Thursday, just saying, but um, uh, I was like, sure, I'd love to, and um, so every once in a while throughout the last five years, I got to teach for him, and then when God was calling him here, um, we realized that God was calling me there. So um, really, really sweet to see how God works. Amen? So um, as I was talking to uh, Pastor Chad, he was telling me how you guys have been going through the book of Hebrews. And um, that one of the things that he was talking about was the idea of deconstruction. And so one of the things that I I actually listened to recently um, wasn't necessarily deconstruction, but a term called uh, de-churching. And so I want to talk to you a little bit tonight out of Ezekiel chapter 34 um, in relation to this idea of de-churching. So I was listening to a a podcast. I like to listen to different podcasts, church leadership podcasts. And these people were being interviewed that had written a book um, and they had done uh, some extensive statistical studies. And they had figured out um, through this... um, through the algorithm, they didn't actually talk to millions of people, but they talked to thousands and then kind of extrapolated out to millions of people um, nationwide what um, the state of the church was. And this was what they uh, said. Their quote was, we are currently in the largest and fastest religious shift in the history of our country. That's a, that's a pretty good statement, right? The largest and fastest religious shift in the history of our country. And one of the things that they said was, um, by their kind of calculations, there's roughly 40 million adult Americans who used to go to church who no longer attend. 40 million Americans. Now, that, does that sound like a lot of people? I mean, that is a lot of people. And the way that they kind of identified the term de-churched was, this was somebody who would at least go once a month who now goes less than once a year. So they don't even make it on Christmas and Easter. Um, Here you guys are making it on a Thursday night. You guys are like way ahead, impressed already. So these people, they referred to as de-churched. And um, they broke them into several different categories. So there's 40 million people that over time no longer are attending church. And these are all different kinds of churches. So um, you have Catholic churches, mainline kind of Protestant um, churches, Methodist, Lutheran, etc., and then evangelicals. So uh, Calvary Chapel is an evangelical church. And so out of the 40 million, they would say there was about 15 million that were evangelicals. So 
evangelicals, 15 million over the last handful of years, um, no longer attending church. And they were kind of coming up with some reasons why. Why is this happening? What is going on? One of the interesting things, I don't have time to go deeper into it, but I thought it was kind of interesting, is they referred to the fall of the Soviet Union. Because at one time uh, in America, you were either um, an American and a Christian or a communist, (laughs) right? And so it was like, well, I'm not a communist, so I'm a Christian. Um, But when the fall of the Soviet Union happened, people were like, well, I'm an American, but I'm not a Christian. They were able to maybe just be a little bit more honest about their faith, which I think is important, right? We need to be authentic with the faith that we have and where it's at so that God can reach us where we are really at. Um, But that was one of the reasons why people began to just be a little bit more honest, maybe. Um, They also uh, began to make different decisions. So there's two groups that I want to kind of focus in on or touch on and then kind of go deeper into the one. So two groups, um, and they referred to them as the casuals and the casualties. So the casualers, right, these casual leavers were the people um, that just got out of the habit, right? This would be like, uh, you know, during COVID, uh, it was easier to watch online. So you watch online, you no longer attend, and then it's just easier to go for a walk or play soccer or go to the beach, and, and you just kind of get out of the habit. Um, one of the strongest parts of it um, was actually referred to as uh, uh, kids' sports, right? Like, now we're playing soccer on Sunday. Now we're playing softball on Sunday. Now we have all of these um, different things that are happening. And so just casually, I got, well, I got, I got to make it to the game. And so I'm not making it to church anymore. And then it, they just got out of the habit. They just casually drifted, right? Which is a danger for many of us, for all of us, because it's easy to do. It's like going out to the beach. I like to surf. I like to go down to the beach. And, you know, you go out, you go out at one point and then there's a little bit of a current and you just get you don't even realize it, right? You're just jumping in the waves. Is anybody with me, right? And they're like three lifeguard towers down. You're like, where am I? Or if you have kids, you're like, where do they go? So that, that can happen, but that's not what I want to kind of focus in on this evening. What I want to focus in on this evening is what were the casualties. So these are the per- people, these are the people that got hurt. They were in the church. They got hurt in some relationship in the church and um, they decided like, all right, I've, I'm, I'm taking a break and then maybe I'm not coming back. And, um, and so as, as you look at this group and I was listening to this podcast, I began to think of this scripture in Ezekiel um, chapter 34 because God speaks to the shepherds of Israel. And as I was praying about uh, what the next step was for me from being the principal at a Calvary Chapel High School to stepping into Coast Hills, this is the section of scripture that God spoke to me through. God's word came to me as I read through this and saw God's heart for the sheep and God's heart for the shepherds. And so here we're, we're going to talk about millions of people, right, that have left church. And when I say church, I, I'm talking about Big C Church um, across the nation, but I think it's relevant and, and realistic for us. Um, because how many of you guys know people that within the last three years, they used to go to church, they don't go to church? How many knows anybody like that, right? Look around. Just, uh, more than half of us, right? We know like this person used to be consistent. They used to be here and now they're not. And some of them, they're, they got hurt. Others, they were just distracted. You got different reasons. But the ones that, that got hurt, 
That's the ones that I want to focus in on because usually it's some kind of relationship. And shepherds and sheep, that's a relationship. And so this evening, um, I, I want to look at this uh, section. It reminds me of what Jesus said, though. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Jesus said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It's impossible. It's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come, right? Like, you know it's going to happen, but you don't want it to be you. That's, quite, that's kind of what he's saying. He's like, listen, I, stuff is going to happen. I know it's going to happen, but I, I don't want it to be me. I don't want it to be us. And so we're going to look at ways like, all right, so what do we need to be aware of so that it's not us? What do, what do we need to see and know about God's expectation and desire for shepherds so that it's not us, so that we're not the reason, um, so that our failures don't lead people to feel like the church has failed them? We want to be faithful to what God has called us to do and to be. So the title of the message um, this evening is Good Shepherds Needed. Good shepherds are needed. Um, and Ezekiel is going to describe how these shepherds and these sheep have interacted and how it didn't turn out so well. Um, here's, a, here's a big idea. If, you, if you're taking notes, you want to, okay, or maybe, you know, you, maybe you're the person that had the three uh, street dogs. I don't know. You're not going to make it through the whole service. That's pretty soon you're going to nod off. I'm going to give you a big idea. So at least you get something. Here's a big idea. Leadership is an opportunity and a responsibility. Leadership is an opportunity and a responsibility, and leaders have influence, and that influence is power, right? And so you and I, we have this opportunity. Now, some of you are like, well, I'm not a shepherd. I'm not a pastor. I'm not all of us as Christians. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, you are a leader because people are following you. Right, whether you realize it or not, maybe it's at the job, maybe it's in your neighborhood, um, maybe it's uh, in the children's ministry, uh, your family, who knows. I, but I can tell you, even, even now, people are looking at you, right? I, not to make you creeped out or anything, but <laughs> how many of you tonight were looking at someone else? Of course, right? Like our eyes are open, we see people. So you're thinking like, if you're new at church or, you know, if you're thinking you see somebody and you're like, oh, that's how they worship, right? Like there's a culture. There's a, there's a culture that you kind of understand by, by what you see. And so people lead other people like, oh, this, like, I will tell you, I, I, one of the things that I noticed, I was like, wow, you guys sing loud, <laughs> right? Like that, that's a, that's a awesome. It's a sweet culture. So when people, <laughs> when people come in, they're like, oh, like, Right? I mean, you don't have to admit it, but maybe one of you got, you're like, like the last six months you've been here and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to actually sing loud. <laughs> right? Like, that's what we do here. We sing loud. That's a culture. So you are leading. So you are a leader. If you can follow Christ, you can lead others to Christ. If you have come to Christ, you're able to lead someone to Christ. You're like, well, I don't know any more than like Jesus loves me and he died for me. He died for my sins. He rose again. That's enough, right? That's enough to start. So you start, you lead them to him. He continues leading and other people help along the way. But we're all called to be leaders, that means we all have opportunity and responsibility. 
We all have opportunity and responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility, right? Great theologian, I I think, said that from (laughs) Spider-Man, right? Uh, Philosopher Uncle Ben, I think. I think that's who it was. So people, though, are always looking for other people. People are always looking for other people to follow. And I'm going to tell you a a secret is life transformation. This is probably not much of a secret, but life transformation rarely happens from a to-do list. Okay, it doesn't happen from a to-do list. It happens from community. It happens from seeing people and knowing people. It happens from knowing and being known. And so your life is changed, not just because you have a new to-do list, Your life is changed because you have a new heart and you have a new body. See, now, don't throw anything at me yet, but you need more than God's word. If if you didn't, there wouldn't be a church established by Christ. They wouldn't have established a church. Like, here's a book, read it, done. It's easier. And that's what some of us like. Just give me the book, I'm done. I don't want to deal with people. But that's not how it works. That's not the church. The church is people. And that's how life transformation happens. I've been reading this really interesting book called The Other Half of Church. We've been reading it as a staff. And one of the things it talks about is that you change, you have life change when you see each other's faces. When you have like faithful love for each other. When you know someone has your back. When you know somebody is there for you. When when you know like this is how my people act. This is how my people live. This is... This is, these are my people, right? And then, then we're strengthened in that identity. And our identity as the church is the bride of Christ. And so we need that. We need more than just like, okay, I'm just reading the scripture. I'm just reading the word. I need to be able to love another and be loved by another. And that's the body of Christ. That's the people. And there is not another plan of salvation outside of the church. People say like the church is God's plan A and there is not a plan B. It's the church, it's the church, it's the church that God uses to reach the world. And we need to have God's word and use God's word and follow God's word, but it's, it's us, it's the people. And so my prayer tonight is that you would see yourself as the shepherd that God has called you to be. You would see yourself as the shepherd that God has given you the opportunity to be. Whether you're just like, well, well, I have a little sister. That's all I got. Well, fine, lead her, right? Like, oh, well, I, there's like one guy on my block that I kind of know. Like, fine, lead them. Show them what it looks like to follow Christ. Show them what it looks like to be a Christian. So the shepherds of Israel is who Ezekiel is going to be talking about in Ezekiel chapter 34. And so that includes people like the king, the royal family, um, the priests, the Levites, the governing officials. These are basically people that are in charge of people. And if you've read any of the Bible, Psalm 23, you know that shepherds are a very common metaphor for leaders in the Bible. Sheep are also a very common metaphor for people in the Bible. And unfortunately, sheep are not the brightest bulb in the box. Right? We'll talk a little bit more about sheep in a minute. But sheep, I will tell you this, sheep live their best lives when they have a good shepherd. Sheep live their best lives when they have a good shepherd because they're dependent. 
They're dependent on the shepherd. And you and I, we, we have a good shepherd. In fact, we have a great shepherd. Jesus is our great shepherd. Amen. And you and I are called to be those under shepherds. And we want to make sure that we are, we're following the good shepherd, the great shepherd. So I want to pray and then I'm going to jump into Ezekiel chapter 34. Father, we are grateful that you sent your son. And Jesus, we are so thankful that you are a great shepherd that you lay down your life for the sheep, that you showed us how to shepherd. You showed us how to care. You lived and you walked and you served and you washed feet. You healed the sick and the lame. Um, You spoke the truth. You laid down your life and you died. And then you rose again. And God, we're we're so grateful. We're so thankful. Um, And we pray that this evening that you would speak to us. We pray that this evening that that you would illuminate our our understanding so that we could um, be changed by your spirit and by the time that we have together uh, in your word. And we pray that this wouldn't just be another Bible study, but we pray that we would hear from you and that you would work in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. So verse 1 says this. And the word of the Lord came to me, that's Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. All right, so let's kind of break this down a few verses here. Here's our first point. If you're taking notes and you you want to um, write this one down, shepherds understand relationship. Now, what I want you to see in this verse, um, the Lord is talking about the shepherds and he's like, listen, you should be feeding the flock. Now, he doesn't say you should not be um, clothing yourself with wool and eating the fat. He doesn't say you shouldn't be doing that. What he's saying is it's a relationship. You take care of the sheep and the sheep take care of you. There's a respect and a love and, and a mutual benefit for a shepherd and their sheep. And what he's saying is it's, it's not working that way. You're eating the fat, you're taking the wool, you're slaughtering the young, but you don't care for the sheep, but you don't feed the flock. So these leaders simply use people. That's what they do. They use people. These leaders are using people to get what they want in return. It's a one-sided relationship. And I would say this is the typical way of the world. This is how the world typically operates. And when we say the world, um, it's kind of a Bible term. The world, we're not talking about um, the earth, the globe. We're talking about the way of the world. We're talking about the system that operates outside of submission to God. It's not in submission to God. It's not doing it God's way. That's the world's way. So you have God's way, the world's way. This is typically the world's way. It is to self-protect your power and get what you want. That's how the world works. The Lord's way is to use your power to protect others, not to protect yourself. So the power that we have and the power that we're given is for others. 
And you can see that in the life of Christ, right? The power that Jesus had after he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him, he went through the temptation. What happened right after that? He begins to minister, right? He uses his power for others, not to, not to elevate himself, not to get something for himself. The world says things like, take whatever you can get, step on whoever you have to to get there, get ahead at all costs. Worldly leaders um, make promises to care, but often are just looking out for their own interests, right? How many times have you seen a worldly leader make amazing, great promises? You think they care. You think, oh, he finally, he gets it, right? This could be your boss. This could be, you know, any politician practically that you could think of, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to do this for you. I really care about you. I really want you to be successful. And then something happens and the curtain comes back and you realize, Oh, dang, you're just selfish. (laughs) You're just out for yourself. You don't even care about me. And that's what these leaders were doing. And that's what the Lord was calling them for is like, listen, you're not caring. You're, You're not caring about the sheep. You're not having the relationship. It's fine to have the wool, right? Like what kind of shepherd would you be if you didn't wear the wool? Like, that's silly. It's part of what you, you eat the sheep. That's part of the thing. Like if you ever lived on a farm, like, that's how it goes. But you're not cruel to them, right? You, you don't disrespect them. It's not one-sided. You care for them. They care for you. It's this like mutual um, benefit that happens. And it's the same thing that we can have happen in our own relationships, right? Things like um, well, that one-sided relationship looks like this. Like you use people when you talk, but you don't listen. Honestly, I think that is one of the most common one-sided things is like, I, I, I do all the talking and I never listen. I don't ask a question. I don't care about this other person. I'm just unloading. And there are seasons and there are times where everything is just hard and you just need to, you know, you just vomit on somebody emotionally and, and they're like, oh, it's a lot. But if you do that every time, <laughs> it's like they see you coming, they're like, okay, I'm going the other way. So the one-sided isn't, isn't being a good shepherd. When you get people to do things for your cause, but you don't care of the cost to them, right? Like, hey, I really need to get this done. I really want you to do this. And I, this happens with our kids. This happens in any relationship. It's like, hey, I need something done and, I, and I'm gonna get you to do it. And I don't care what it costs you because I just need to get it done. When people are just part of the process to get what you want, Right? You look at people and you're like, I could use that person to do this. I could use this person to do that. Like We're objectifying people instead of valuing people. Right? When we care more about our programs than our people, that becomes the problem. And so that's how people feel. They feel used. Right? They feel like objects. And what God says, what God cares about is he cares about the sheep. He cares about the people. And we'll see this as we go through this passage. It's like, I care about these people. I love these people. I I want you to feed them. I want you to love them. Just like what Jesus told Peter, right? Feed my sheep, tend my lambs. That's the heart of God. And so as we go through this, I want you to see this is what God calls us to because this is who God is. Right, like this, God is saying like, this is who I want you to be. Why? Because this is who I am to you. And so two ways that you can hear this tonight is the realization that this is 
what God is calling you to, but this is also who God is to you. And so if you feel like, man, I'm a lost sheep tonight, or I'm, I'm wandering, I'm scattered, I've been hurt, know that the heart of God is restoration and, and nurture and care. So he goes on and he has some very specific things in the next verse, in verse 4. He says, uh, the weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. So if you, know, if you know anything about sheep or people, you'll know that anywhere there are sheep, there are needs. And anywhere there are people, there are problems. Right? Amen? Anybody? Right? <laughs> anywhere there's a bunch, oh, there's more people here. That means there's more problems here. <laughs> That's just what it means because we all have problems. But the difference is how a shepherd sees the sheep. A shepherd, a true shepherd, a good shepherd doesn't see a problem. He sees a person, right? And that's our second point this evening is shepherds know sheep have problems, but they are not a problem. They know, hey, these, these sheep are going to have problems, but they are not a problem. They're a sheep. They're a person with a problem. And when we start treating people like problems, they, they don't feel valued. They don't feel loved. They don't feel cared for because they're not, right? And, and most of us are like, We're, we'll figure it out after a while, right? It's like, okay, you don't really care. Like, I have a need and this is my need. Like, that's what, that's what he's saying to them. He's like, listen, there, there's sheep, there's people that are weak, what, what, what would you do with weak people? Weak people, like, man, they're kind of, they're, it's kind of, it's a bummer. Like, they're weak. You want to go for a hike somewhere? You want to do something? And the person's like lagging behind. You're like, come on already, right? Like, let's go. Like, can we pick up the pace? No, what should you do with a weak person? Strengthen them, right? Help them, wait for them. Like there's a right way to care. And when we only care about getting there, like Deborah and I, my wife and I, we like to take walks. Uh, we go for a walk, you know, different places. And um, she always gives me a hard time because I, I, I'm like kind of like goal oriented. Like if we're taking a walk and it's like, okay, we're going to turn around pretty soon. Like I, I have to like, I have to see a tree or like an ending point and get to that point. Is anybody with me? You know what I mean? Like, like, okay, I'm walking, I'm walking, and I got to touch it. Okay, made it. And then I turn around. And you know what my wife does? She stands like back here 20 feet. She's like, whatever. (laughs) Or like, I'll be like tracking mileage or something. I cannot end on like an odd, weird number, right? Like if I'm walking and we're like, oh, we walked 2.98 miles. Oh, serious. No, sorry. Just kidding. 2.98 2.98 miles. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm finishing it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm walking to the end. <laughs> like, but when you're walking together, you got to stay together. You got to care about each other. You, you have to realize like, okay, I know you're tired. 
let's turn around, right? Like I had a, she's like, okay, you don't have a goal in mind right now, right? We went for a walk the other day and she was a little tired and there were some hills and she's like, okay, we don't have to go all the way to the end of this, right? I'm like, no, it's fine, it's good. I was like, actually, it's an even number, so we're good. (laughs) But people are weak and they need to get stronger. People are sick. What do they need? They need healing, right? They need, uh, they're broken. They need to be bound up. So the shepherd is like, listen, here's the situation. What are you doing for them? What do they do for them? They did nothing, right? It says the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the broken you haven't bound up, the lost you have not found. You're not doing your job. You're not taking care. You're just looking at them and like, dude, you're a problem. I don't know. It's like, ask a question, sit down, talk, pray. Look to meet the need. If you're like, man, I feel called into ministry. I want to do more ministry. I want to get involved in ministry. Just look around because there's all kinds of needs, right? There's all kinds of people like, hey, can I pray with you? Hey, how are you doing today? And I mean, somebody has to be honest enough to know and say, right? Like, okay, I got to tell you. Like some of us like raised our hand tonight already. It's like, man, I need some help. And so when a sheep, when the sheep are honest, the shepherd can, a good shepherd can help, can heal, can look for the lost. But here's the other thing I want you to, I, I was thinking about this scripture in Matthew. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. Jesus called uh, his disciples to himself and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. That's the way of Jesus. That's the good shepherd. It's like, okay, I'm not ruling over you. You're under my authority now. I'm in charge, <laughs> right? Like that's the, that, the funniest thing is to see, you know, I was a, I was a teacher uh, for a while before I was the principal and you give, a kid, you give a kid a little bit of power, right? You, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, okay, I'm gonna step outside the room for a second. Um, here's the discipline sheet little Nazi like appears out of nothing, right? Just like, all right, I'm watching, you know? It's like, okay, we need to lead, not drive. We need to serve, not just take. And, and that's what Jesus did. That's what he modeled. And we need to be careful because it's easy. Like you get a little authority, you get a little in charge of something and you just want to lord it over. I'm the Lord now. No. Now, here's another thing I was thinking about. There's these shepherds that aren't taking care of these sheep. Maybe, though, I was thinking just like personally, maybe they're not actually malicious. Maybe they're just in a hurry. Maybe they're just impatient. Not that you have to confess your impatience, but what some of us struggle with that, right? Like a couple, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> And here's the, here's the reality. Manipulating and controlling is easier and faster. I'll just tell you straight up, like manipulating and controlling, you have little kids, you know, right? It's just way easier when you just like manipulate and like 
my son just had a baby with his girlfriend. It's been a whole exciting and challenging time in our lives. Grandpa is not the term I'm ready for, really. But loving and supporting and excited to see. But he brings this little cute baby over. And all he just, they just sit in the little thing and just like pick him up and walk away, right? She will go wherever he wants. Why? Because she's in the little thing. And you just, it's, there, it's so easy at that time. You're just like, okay, we're leaving now. And then they get bigger, right? They're like, I don't want to leave. Right? And then they get a little bit bigger and they sit on the couch and they're like, oh. you have a teenager, you know what that looks like? Right? Like, it's easier to manipulate and control. That's easier. It's faster. And so sometimes, instead of caring, that's what we do. And I think that's part of the story that Jesus told, you know, with the Good Samaritan. Right? Like, the Levite, they see that, you know, you, you know the story. The guy gets, you know, robbed and beat up and left for dead on the side of the road. And Jesus is telling the story about, you know... This uh, priest, this pastor comes by, this Levite comes by, and they just like see him and they walk on the other side of the road. Why? Because they're busy. They're just busy. I, I, don't, I don't have time for that. That looks like a mess. I mean, have you, I, I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm going to tell you, I felt like that before. Like you see somebody, you're like, oh, I don't know if I have time for this. Jesus always had time. Jesus always had time. Here's our third point this, this evening is this. Shepherds don't rush, they walk. Shepherds don't rush, they walk. They just walk with the sheep. And so he was never in a rush and he was always on time, right where he was supposed to be. And some of us, we manipulate, we control, we, we, we push, we drive, right? Like, Shepherds just walk with the sheep and they get where they need to be when they need to be there. And they're able to care because that's what the good Samaritan did. That's the good, like he looked over there and he saw, he saw this man in a, with a need, right? Jesus told the story because he was, he was trying to teach them, well, who's my neighbor? You're supposed to love your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? Who, who is it? It's the person with a need. It's, it's gonna take some time. Well, Yes, it is. But in relationships, fast is slow and slow is fast. So in your relationships, slow down and you'll go farther than, than manipulating and, and driving and pushing. And then you realize like, man, I'm, I'm actually going backwards in this relationship. I'm not getting anywhere. So the Good Samaritan, he was willing to take the time to heal the man to bring him in. And that's what we need to do as shepherds is we need to take the time. Jesus always took the time. So don't be in a rush. Just walk. And God will get you where you need to be. You have everything that you need. You have all the time that you need for what he wants you to accomplish. You might have other things on your list, like I got X, Y, Z done. And he's like, no, actually, no, not, not really. Right? You remember the Mary and Martha story? Right? Like, well, there's one thing. Sit right here. That's the, that's the one thing. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to wait. Like, you have all the time you need to get what he wants accomplished. So get in 
Step with him and walk and he will lead you. So let's go back to Ezekiel verse five. It says this. Um, so what happened with these shepherds? What happened? They, so they were scattered, the sheep. They were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth and no one was seeking or searching for them. No one. Here's our, here's our fourth point. Shepherds are vital. Sheep need shepherds. What happens when these, when these shepherds weren't doing their job? When the shepherds weren't being shepherds, what happened? The sheep scatter. It's just like, it's like a family without a head. It's like a teacher uh, or like a class without their teacher. They just scatter. I can't. A couple times I remember teaching, I taught sixth grade for a while, and I would step outside the class, especially when I was a new teacher. I'd be like, oh, just a second. You guys can all handle yourself for a second, right? You step outside the class for 30 seconds. It's chaos like that, right? Now, then I learned like, oh, I just got to keep the door cracked as long as you can see him. They know there's a shepherd there. They know there's a, a leader there. It's like when you're... When you leave and, you know, now that my boys are older, you know, now, now when they're older, the stories start to come up. Well, you know, Dad, when da-da-da. Like we would leave and we'd think, okay, they're old enough to take care of themselves. <laughs> right? No. Oh, actually, when you left, this is what happened and this is what happened, right? Years later, the stories come out. But when there's no shepherd over the sheep, they scatter. Here's a, here's a description about sheep I found on the internet. You know, it's true. It is, though. Sheep have very little ability to defend themselves, even when compared with other species kept as livestock. So compared to even other livestock, they have very little ability to defend themselves. Even if sheep are not directly bitten or survive an attack, they may die from panic. That is sad, right? Like, like that's the term, scared to death. Like the sheep are all out there. There's a coyote or a lion comes out and it just runs at them and they're just all, oh, and they just all fall over. Like that's how, just reminder, we're the sheep, right? That's, that's the scripture tells us we're the sheep. Like, sometimes fear kills us, right? Sometimes fear, I'm just scared to do that. I can't do it. I'm just scared to, what if this happens? What if that happens? And we've overthought forever to the point of we're dead. What do we need? We need a shepherd. We need a shepherd to step up and say, it's okay. I've got a staff. I'll protect you. Jesus is telling you, if right now you are struggling with fear, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with worry, you need to remember you have a great shepherd and he laid his life down for you. And there's nothing to fear 
There's nothing to fear when you have a great shepherd. Other thing I found it said on a veterinarian website, which I thought was kind of interesting. Sheep are a pre-species and their only defense is to flee. They just run. Like, well, it's better than dying, but they just run. Sheep display an intensely gregarious social instinct. They're just having a good time together that allows them to bond closely to other sheep and preferentially to related flock members. So they love to be together. They need to be together. And flock mentality movements protect individuals from predators. So part of our safety is being together. So not only do we have a good shepherd, but we're together. And isolation will kill you. Right? They, they don't call it solitary confinement for nothing. Right? Like, you want to really be punished and suffer, we're going to stick you by yourself. Isolation is not what sheep need. They need a flock and they need a good shepherd. And people are devoured by the devil when those two things are not in play. Right? The roaring lion is looking who to de- for someone to devour. He's looking for the sheep that's by itself. He's looking at the sheep that's not following the shepherd. Verse 7, we go on and it says, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search for my flock. I want you to notice how many times you see my. But the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. In four verses, God says, My flock seven times. Seven times, my flock, my flock, my flock. It's like when your spouse says, well, you know what your son did? <laughs> right? Like that, there's, that's not just a pronoun. <laughs> right? There's something happening there. When Jesus, when, when God is speaking and he's like, my flock, my flock, my flock, my flock, over and over, what is he saying? It's his flock. It's his flock. <laughs> like it's not rocket science. These sheep don't belong to you. God is saying, these sheep belong to me. Fifth point is this. Shepherds work for the great shepherd. Shepherds work for the great shepherd. We work for the great shepherd. We don't work for our sheep. But we realize that the sheep belong to him. He is the one that owns the flock. And we are the ones who just get to take care of it. And when we're not taking care of it, he is the one that is upset about it, right? He's heartbroken. And there's several scriptures. I'm just going to share one um, from Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, the same book. Um, The Lord speaking, he said, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. When he's talking about the leaders of Israel, he's like, looking. I was looking for somebody who will stand in the gap, who will build this wall, who will protect my people. When he's talking to the shepherds, he's like, who's going to go out and look for my lost sheep? 
No one. No one's doing it. We're too busy. We're too scared. We're distracted. We don't care. Right? Like that's what he's talking about with his sheep. Verse 11, he goes on and he says, For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. It has been, and it is, even though it's summer and the sun finally came out, (laughs) it has been a cloudy and dark day, right? These are cloudy and dark times in many ways in our country, in our communities, right? There, There are dark times, and it's easy for sheep to scatter, and it's even more important for us to care for the sheep, to look for the sheep to wait for the sheep, to strengthen the sheep. And what the Lord says here is, I will do it myself. Is that the little red hen story? I don't know. Nobody's going to do it. I'm going to do it myself. The Lord's like, I'm going to do it myself. And so the last point as we close this evening is this. Good shepherds are needed. Good shepherds are needed. Simple. There's like a big want ad in heaven. Shepherds needed. Right? Who will call or who will rather answer that call? So here's the last thing I want to, I shared with you like 40 million people de-churched, right? 15 million people of those evangelicals, according to their numbers. But, but more than half of them either want to or will or think they will return to church. There's sheep that have scattered, but they know they need a flock. And guess what they said, what it would take. A friend inviting them. They've left church. What will it take for them to come back? Somebody. Caring enough to say, hey, you want to come to church? That's not that hard. That's not that scary. But that's important. It's being a shepherd. They're looking for, this is what they said, a good community, a healthy church, and a good pastor. That's what we need to be, right? We need to be a good church. We need to be a healthy body. We need to be good pastors. We need to care for people. Let's close in prayer. Pray with me, will you? Father, we are grateful that you are a good shepherd. And Lord, I just want to take a minute this evening and ask for your guidance. Lord, bring to mind, maybe there's sheep in our lives. Maybe there's people in our lives that have wandered, that have scattered. Maybe we ourselves have wandered and scattered. We have just randomly showed up on a Thursday night to a Bible study and you're calling us home. I pray that there would just be the response of our hearts, Lord, to seek the lost, to bind up the broken, to listen, to love, and to come near to you a good and great shepherd. We thank you, God, for the opportunity and the responsibility that we have to shepherd your flock. And we want to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you were encouraged by today's message. 
If you have any questions or just want to check us out, make sure to visit us at ccsouthbay.org. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.